Hi, everybody. This is Alex Lindsay, and this is a, a brief overview of uh, some options that you have to start building high dynamic range images and, more importantly, tonal mapping. Now, HDRs are, are a little bit esoteric, um, and, uh, and a lot of us in the effects industry like them, but I don't know how many photographers are that interested in that right now. I do think it's growing, but I think that it's not necessarily the uh, center of your interest. However, I think that you may find that uh, tonal mapping, uh, which is a, is a, a taking that HDR, reducing the contrast between the brightest brights and the darkest darks could be very compelling for the kind of work that you do. Let's take a look at this image. This is in Adobe Photoshop. Um, this is in CS3, and this is actually a photo that came with CS3. So I'm actually using their own photo in their own uh, in their own program. So here, what you, here's what you have is a, a fairly well exposed image. This is what we would expect, and, and this reaction back here is exactly what we would expect, which is everything's blown out. If we want this properly exposed, uh, that's the price that we pay. Now, if we go to a, uh, if we look at another exposure, we can see this here. This is slightly darker, uh, so this is um, it's starting to kind of go the direction that we would uh, we would like. And I'm going to reopen that uh, first one here, and uh, so we have this one that's lighter. We have this one that's starting to get darker. Now we have more detail in the background. If we look at this one, we have a lot of detail in the background, but now the foreground is a mess. And uh, if we go a little bit further, we have you know all the shadow detail in the outside area properly exposed, and the foreground is, of course, black. What we can do in Photoshop is we can go in here into Automate and go down to Merge to HDR. And what we can do here is just simply say, I want to open all the files. No, one's already done, so we're not going to do that. We do all we we, uh, we line up all of these. Now, if you know that you set it, you're on a tripod. Just turn this off. Attempt to automatically align source images. If, if you are on a tripod, nothing's moving pixel for pixel. Turn that off because it'll save you a lot of time. If you aren't sure if it was handheld or you're not sure if everything was really on top of each other, then you can turn that back on uh, and let it do it. But sometimes it can break as well as take a lot more time to make the calculation. So I'm not going to go through this calculation. You hit OK, and what you end up getting is this. So um, what we have here is an image that looks eh, pretty much like what we had before. The only difference is is that this is a, is a compilation of all of the images. If we actually go into uh, if we go into our adjustments, now one of the things you're going to notice is that a lot of the stuff here is grayed out. The reason that this is grayed out is because uh, this is in 32-bit. So if we look at the mode here, we're in 32 bits per channel. This is a lot of data. If we go into the exposure, we can see how much data we actually have. If we increase the exposure, we can see that we have a lot of information even in the shadows. If we decrease it, we have a lot of information even in the background here in these in these windows here so this is a there's a, just a ton of, of visual information don't try this with your own image uh, without hdr because you just you just don't have the range now the problem is is how do we get all of this in one place that's where tonal mapping comes in now photoshop right now doesn't have a, a tonal mapping um, adjustment here and there's a lot of things you could play with to try to get there but one of the easiest ways to do this is to use the photomatix plugin uh, that's called tone mapping this is like 69 dollars mac or pc and it's uh and you can open up the photomatix and here we go now this is a a compilation of all of those images. Now, um, now we're, we're going to. There's a lot of different things that we can kind of play with here. We can lower the luminosity. We can increase it a little bit. We can, you know, to make it a little bit brighter. And what we're able to do here is start to really play with where all these settings um, are going. We have gamma here. We have black points. So these are making adjustments. But what they really are doing, more importantly, is combining all of those images and then squeezing the uh, squeezing a lot of the different. Um, uh, areas together. Now, one thing that you're going to notice is that there are 
things that look a little bit like sharpening. So you have to kind of keep your eye on it. Uh, little halos that appear. If I turn this smoothing down, I think you'll probably see some of them. You can see this looks like an over-sharpened image with a very large radius. Um, if we go back to smoothing it, we see a lot less of that. And what we end up with is an image that looks, um, if, we, if we zoom this up a little bit, that, that's pretty interesting. It's, it's a mixture of all of those pieces. And, and we can play with you know, exactly where all these go. We may decide that it's better to have um, this, for instance. We'll drop the luminosity and we'll get something that looks a little darker, a little lighter. But all of these have way more information, um, both from the outside and the inside, than we would see normally in uh, a, a standard uh, image that we would get from even a raw photo. So, so this is um, one way to do this. This is Photoshop, and this is one way to produce this outcome. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to close Photoshop, and we're going to open up a uh, another image here. We're going to we're going to uh, grab onto uh, Photomatics, and we're going to say we want to generate an HDR. Now this is Photomatix Pro. This is like that plugin, but it's uh, you know a little bit more robust. Uh, now if you don't have Photoshop, remember you'll need Photomat Photomatix Pro, which is only $99. And it's uh, Mac or PC again. We can browse. Uh, I'm going to find a couple images that I shot of my house and bring those in. And um, so we'll say okay. And now we're going to not tell it not to align the source images because I already know that they're in the right place. And so, so what, what it's doing now is it's going to convert all of these and, and build um, a high dynamic range image from uh, the three images that I gave it. Now, what I did is I shot it a little overexposed again. I shot it a little underexposed. And then I shot it um, in, in kind of that average exposure that's kind of halfway in between uh, of from my roof of a sunrise. None of these pieces would all fit together. So it was something that I really had to, uh, you know, use something like an HDR to really gather the, the light that was available in the scene. The contrast, especially when you're outside, whether it's a sunrise or a sunset, these are all things that are, it, it's just too much inf it's too much information and so uh, here's the HDR here and so here you can see that we have um, this is still the full range of the HDR that we uh, that we have here and so you know there's there's there are some tools here that we can you know go through and and uh, you know look at uh, a variety of the different options um, that we that we have here we can have exposure up you can see here we, we can uh, kind of make the exposure up by opening it up and closing it down so we can see that we have all that information there's look at that so we have information of the of the sunrise which i like so much as well as we have all this information of the actual uh the city now if we want to though we can compile all this so we can get this into you know once again through using a tonal mapping so we'll use tonal mapping here and here, what, here's what you see is, once again, we've taken that contrast and we've squeezed it all together so that we can actually um, get both of these in the same place. Now, I may want to drop the luminosity down a little bit, for instance. Um, I may want to play with you know where the gamma is to um, still retain some of this, but also keep some of the sunset in the background. So these are all things that we can kind of play with to decide how much information we want to use. But still, when you look at where we're at here, it would be very difficult to think that we were going to be able to do this uh, necessarily without uh, tonal mapping. You can't get this sunrise uh, in the same place as this foreground uh, without a little help. And uh, once again, in the same way, I can zoom this up and uh, take a look at it in, in a slightly larger venue. So um, this is a great program. Uh, just about everybody that I know that does any serious HDR work has Photomatix Pro, uh, and, and they use it uh, for this type of thing. But this is kind of a almost a surreal image that you're that we're creating out of tonal mapping uh, within Photomatix Pro. We can once again do the same thing in Photoshop with the plugin. Now the last one that I'm going to show you is a much less expensive way to go, and especially if you're getting started and you don't want to spend a lot of money, 
Um, this is a great place to get started. So this is my Pangea software, and this is called Bracketeer. And what we can do here is I can open up an example of, uh, of my beautiful wife um, at the coffee shop, and I'm going to drag these three images in. So this is the easiest also by far. And so I just grab these these three images and I dragged them in and I immediately get a combination. So now if I look at this, let me, let's just take a look at these images here. There is, this is kind of an average exposure um, uh, of my wife having, having a latte here. Uh, things are blown out back here um, and she's a little underexposed. So we're, we're kind of getting the, the worst of, 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 every, of everything we could possibly have there. Now this one is a, uh, now the background is properly exposed, but she's just a a shadow uh, in, within the image. And then we can, of course, now we have a great uh, shot of her, but we, uh, but we now, she's completely blown out in the background. So what we want to do is combine those, and that's what Bracketeer does really, really well. So here you can see her, um, all of these images combined. Now we have a couple of different things we can do. For instance, there are some little edges that are being created here. If we turn off the hard mask, um, she'll look a little underexposed here, but some of that edge areas are a little bit better. This, this one has the, the fewest number of controls, but it's also the easiest one to use, and it's the least expensive. So if you're just getting started, you want to have something to start throwing your brackets into. Uh, you want to start shooting something and seeing what the results are immediately, you know, I think the Bracketeer is a great place to get started. As soon as you get a little bit more serious, I think you're going to end up going to Photomatix Pro. And of course, you can already, if you already have Photoshop CS3, uh, you can start to actually uh, incorporate a lot of these things uh, in Photoshop. You're still going to want that plugin from Photomatix Pro. I think these are the the, the leading uh, software in the in the area right now as far as putting this stuff together. Photomatix Pro and Photoshop, of course, are Mac and PC. Uh, the Bracketeer is Mac only, so those are uh, a couple uh, considerations to have there. But I, you know, it, it's really a lot of fun, and and it's really fun to see what you can create. And the images are something that are that, that look creatively very interesting at least to me hopefully you'll take some of this you'll download some demos of these which are which they have free demos for all of these and uh, you'll play with it a little bit yourself and uh, and you know hopefully put post some images to the Flickr group once again that's twip photo so that's it go out shoot post thanks bye